I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So if you follow us on Instagram and watched our stories, you know that I'm coming to you guys fresh off of watching the live press conference with President Biden. I delayed recording this till extra late. Um, Sorry, guys. Till extra late so that I could get you guys the best information in the whole picture here because I was definitely worried that President Biden was going to be announcing something and I wanted to make sure it was in the episode before the weekend and he did announce something. So in this press conference I just watched, Biden announced that he is sending to Congress an urgent budget request to help fund Israel and Ukraine in order to better protect ourselves and U.S. citizens in the process. Things are getting very intense globally, and our second mini story will cover that as well. But I just wanted to say, just because he's sending an urgent budget request to Congress doesn't mean it's going to get passed urgently. If you guys remember, we are still gridlocked because of the Republican infighting. And that's where these petty political games can really have dire consequences because war is life and death. Now, we're going to circle back with a longer story to do with the search for the Speaker of the House. Um, but I wanted to let you guys know about Biden's press conference and what's going on there. Our second mini story, though, I wanted to touch on this as well. So I was just reading and learning about this incident again as I was headed in to record this podcast episode. Um, but I wanted to make sure that you knew about it before Monday. But I'm hoping that on Monday I will have a lot more color, a lot more information to tell you guys about this. But essentially, a U.S. Navy destroyer in the Red Sea shot down missiles that were coming from Yemen, and they were likely shot by Houthis towards Israel. Now, this is the first time that the U.S. military has become directly involved in this war in Israel. And there's also some coverage of this topic saying that the Saudi forces also helped us to shoot down those missiles, which would be phenomenal in the sense that the Saudis are still backing us up and maybe still open to that, um, you know, diplomatic relationship with Israel. We'll definitely let you guys know. And I hope to get you guys more information on Monday. Okay, and without further ado, we will go ahead and get into the meat of our episode, our longer stories. So Jim Jordan, as of the time that I'm writing and recording this, does not look like he's going to get a third vote. So he actually lost his second round of voting harder than his first, meaning he had less people vote for him in his second round of voting. Why? Well, as I touched on yesterday, 
Jim Jordan had kind of begun this bullying campaign where he attempted to kind of strong arm or threaten people into voting for him. It's unclear how directly he was involved in this campaign or if it was other people doing it on his behalf, but it definitely backfired just like it did for McCarthy. People don't like bullies. They don't like being told what to do when they are leaders themselves. And People voted for him the first time and then they cited death threats that they were receiving as a reasoning for not voting for him a second time. They didn't want a leader in such a powerful position who was using tactics like death threats to get what they want. So the game plan as of right now, again, this is changing so quickly, I can barely keep up with it, but it seems like they're going to leave the temporary Speaker of the House, a man named Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, as the Speaker. So this is definitely a very unprecedented situation. I know we're all very, very sick of those of that term, unprecedented. Like, can we have some precedented? I heard that after the pandemic, but it is so applicable now as well. There has been so much unprecedented shit that has gone on in our lifetimes at this point. I think we all are just like hungry for some normal, but that doesn't seem to be on the menu for right now. So we will continue into our unprecedented craziness for our next story. Sydney Powell pleads guilty. So Sidney Powell has now pled guilty to the charges against her in the Trump Georgia case. So she was one of those 17 defendants or 18 defendants in the case in Georgia. And she was one of the people who had invoked their right to a speedy trial. So hers was going to come up a little bit faster. This is not a good look for Trump. So he suffered a few blows this week. Um, one was this, and then his speaker for the House, or his pick for Speaker of the House, Jim Jordan, was shot down not only once, but twice. And then on top of this, he for once is not in the spotlight. You know, everything is focused on Israel. Despite all of his legal woes, he's not really making the top headlines right now. So in Trump land, I feel like that is a blow um, because his name being in headlines is really how he fundraises a lot of the time. But anywho, back to Sydney. So she pled guilty. What does this mean? It means that she will likely have to testify to officials against former President Trump. She is a turncoat, a backstabber, a rat in the eyes of the former president. He is someone who is just totally known to demand unwavering loyalty above all else. And he has been likened to a mob boss in this sense. She pled guilty to six misdemeanors and will now skip the trial that was set to begin on the 23rd. She was one of two defendants, like I said, who invoked their right to a speedy trial, meaning they wanted to get a move on with their case, with their trial. And the other party, as of now, seems like they will go to trial alone on the 23rd, but maybe they were offered this deal too. We don't know. Um, more information could certainly come out. Sydney was sentenced to six years of probation for, quote, conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties, end quote, according to the New York Times. 
She was also, again, according to the New York Times, fined $6,000, also paid $2,700 in restitution to the state of Georgia. She also was... um, She wrote a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia as part of this plea deal. Her charges were centered around her breach of voting machines in this rural area of Georgia. And her admitting to this will actually most likely make it a lot harder for the former president to deny that he had any role in things because this is a very direct link. And likely there's a lot of communications and sort of direct evidence between Trump and Sydney, which wouldn't be the case if, like, let's say one of the poll workers that he didn't really have contact with pled guilty. She also has agreed to testify in court against any of the other 17 defendants in this case. I haven't read this specifically, but the other person in this case who has pled guilty, their deal was reliant on truthful testimony, and I would imagine that it would be the same with Sydney. If she lies to prosecutors about anything in this process, the deal can be revoked and she is back to facing the full consequences of her actions. So we will definitely keep you guys posted as this case unfolds. And lastly, for today, we are going to go over some Israel updates, and I wanted to issue a content warning here. This story involves graphic details of war. So unfortunately, I have to update you guys that the death toll of this war has surpassed 4,000 people. President Biden negotiated allowing humanitarian aid into southern Gaza. But if any of this aid is stolen by Hamas, Israel has said that they will cut it off um, because they don't want to be arming or supplying their enemy with anything (laughs) for obvious reasons. So that is sort of the terms of this agreement. Fuel, though, may still not be part of this package deal, which means hospitals may run out of power and anything that relies on fuel to run. Um, So that is really alarming. But that's just something um, from what I've read is stolen quite often by Hamas. And that's, you know, something that maybe Israel isn't allowing in. Um, I wanted to also give you guys some updates on the situation with the hospital. So a lot of clarifications have come out in regards to what happened at this hospital. It turns out that the images that were circulating online of this massive crater and I had been describing on this episode wasn't where the hospital was. And I think that was like, a, like I was just stunned that the There wasn't even any rubble. It was just like a crater. Well, it turns out this was the parking lot of the hospital. The hospital itself actually did not suffer any structural damage, which I just I don't mean to laugh. 500 people lost their life. It was a horrific incident. But we keep hearing on repeat that the hospital was bombed. And according to NPR's coverage of this A hospital parking lot was bombed, not a hospital. The hospital itself was not hit, according to NPR. The parking lot and a little park that was right next to it was hit. And the reason there was such a massive loss of life was because 
so many people were amassed in this parking lot and in this little park because they were waiting on patients who are loved ones and who are injured in this hospital. So at the end of the day, I think this does make the whole misfire concept a lot more believable because let's be real, if Israel was intending to hit that hospital, they wouldn't have hit the parking lot. They would have hit the freaking hospital. Also, according to NPR, the size of what happened was relatively small in comparison to the type of rocket and sort of mark that Israel's blasts usually leave. Of course, they do have smaller rockets in their arsenal, but the other side, the Palestinian side of things, usually is operating with these much smaller weapons. And so that is sort of just like adding to this mounting case that it did come from Gaza. The ground invasion also seems like it may not be happening, which is really for sure a good thing um, from an optics standpoint, from a physical standpoint. Um, major powers are just worried that this a ground invasion would cause surrounding nations to get involved and basically pull us into a World War Three scenario, which none of us want. That is like the last thing on anyone's priority list. Nobody wants this to happen. And in fact, I think that's part of why we're spending so much money to help Israel root out Hamas so that this can be over without dragging anybody else in. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.